0: Cup for your nine-time World Series champion, Boston Red Sox. Your six-time Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. Your 17-time NBA champion, Boston Bruins. Your not six-time Stanley Cup champion, Boston Bruins. Your 11-time national champions in football, the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Your 51-time Scottish Premier League champion, Boston, or Celtic football. Your six-time English Premier League champion, Chelsea football, your Gonzaga men's basketball team, your Wright State baseball team, and your five-time national champions in hockey, the Boston College Eagles. I'm your host, Tom O'Shea, also known as the Junkyard Dog, also known as the T.O. Schwiggins, and can't change that. All right. So we named this episode the um, Chris McCarran episode. After the famous jockey from Dorchester, Massachusetts, who won seven seven thousand one hundred forty one races, including six Triple Crowns events and five Breeder Cup Classics, yeah. Dorchester, let's see what else can we find about him. Yeah, let's see. This guy's Wikipedia. So basically, so he basically raced. Yeah. So career wins. Five hundred and fifteen wins per year in a year. Wow. Yeah. Wait, no, it actually, is a uh, five hundred and forty-one. All right, so Winter Circle, nineteen seventy-four. The age of nineteen, the first uh, year. As yeah, or yeah, he, yeah, pretty neat. All right, so yeah, so we call this the Chris McCarran episode. He is still alive. Um. He is 65 years old. See. Yeah. So he was uh, actually a technical advisor during the movie, or a race designer and actor in the Seabiscuit movie. Oh. oh, pretty neat. That wasn't the same. That isn't the jockey road Seabiscuit, is it? Uh, horse racing. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. All right. Okay. All right. So let's get into some scores and news. All right. So the Red Sox played last time we talked on Saturday night. Uh, they played the Blue Jays at home. Wasn't a doubleheader. All right. Let's see. Let's go over the scoring summary of that game. Saturdays, Saturdays, Saturday, all right. All right. So to begin with, in the top of the second inning, Oscar Hernandez Homered on a fly ball in center field. That uh gave the Blue Jays a 1-0 lead. Then the bottom of the second, JD Martinez homers, his fourth of the year, ties it up at 1 1. Then Jackie Bradley Jr. Homers in the same inning. a two-run homer to score him and Christian Vasquez make it three to one uh, Red Sox lead. Then Bobby Dahlback does it again, the rookie, his second home run of his career and second of the year. He homers make it four to one Red Sox lead. And then in the top of the fourth, um Travis Shaw doubles. On a sharp line drive into uh, right field to score or to score Rowdy Teles, make it four to two Red Sox lead. But then uh, Rafael Devers doubles a ground ball into right field to score Bobby Dahlback and Alex or Alex Verdugo, make it six to two Red Sox lead. Then Vladimir Guerrero homers to score. Rodriguez and Teoscar Hernandez make it six to five. Red Sox lead, still lead, and then Teoscar Hernandez singles two in the top of the seventh inning to score. Randall Bridgick make it six six. Uh, Red Sox lead, and then the Blue Jays took the lead on a Joe Panic double that scored Teoscar Hernandez, make it a seven to six Blue Jays lead, and then eight to six Blue Jays lead on a Loris Goriel's single. Score Latin Guerrero Jr. But then Raphael Devers uh hits a uh Homer in the bottom of the seventh inning to uh decrease the lead to one to make it eight to seven Blue Jays lead. And then in the bottom of the ninth, Sandy Bogarts comes out to the plate and Homer's right off the bat to tie it up eight eight, and then a fielder's choice that score or a uh, fielder's choice by Jaro Munez to uh, score Christian Vasquez. Red Sox went in on a walk-off 9-8, so very good. Awesome. Play dirty water. Yeah, but they are kind of hot. Yeah, I was about to say, like, don't mess with the tanking. We still kind of want to tank a little bit, too. All right. So, Sunday, the only game was Red Sox and Blue Jays. And I got to tell you. Wasn't really that great, especially in one particular inning. Started off great, but didn't turn out great at the end. All right. So, in the bottom of the first, uh, Kevin Powecki, homers into uh, uh, center field to score uh, Jonathan or Jonathan Auruz and uh, Xander Bogart make it 3 0 Red Sox lead. Then, the top of the third, Caleb Joseph homers for the Blue Jays. The Red Sox lead is cut to two. Then the bottom of the fourth, Bobby Dalback Homers, his third of the year and third of his career, make it four to one uh Red Sox or Red Sox lead. Then the top of the fifth, Loris Goriel's singles to score uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. make it four to two Red Sox lead. Then Joe Panic or Joe Panick, then singles to score. Um T- Rowdy Telez and uh, Travis Shaw make it four to four tied game. And the Blue Jays took the lead on a Derek Fisher's single to score Goriel Jr., make it five to four Blue Jays lead. Then seven to four on a double by former Hall of Famer Craig Bigio's son Kevin Bigio to uh, score Joe Panic and Derek Fisher, make it seven to four Blue Jays lead. Then Rowdy Telez in the top of the six homers to make it eight to four Blue Jays lead. So, not great need a force out by Caleb Joseph on a ground out to a second baseman uh Aruz. that scored uh Travis Shaw make it 9-4 uh Blue Jays lead then Derek Fisher singled again to score uh Goriel Jr. and make it 10-4 Blue Jays lead yeah not great and then in the bottom of the 6th inning um bottom of the 6th inning up uh, Jose Peraza hit a, which we'll talk about later about him the in this game in this podcast, but he uh, hits a sack fly that scores uh or, or that scores uh Michael Chavis make it ten to five, uh, Red Sox still trail by five. Then a homer by Peraza to make it ten to six. Blue Jays still lead in the bottom of the eighth, and then another homer by Sander Bogarts uh, to, that scores Aru's and himself to make it ten to eight. Blue Jays still lead it, but that's where the final score would stand. So, let's see. So, yeah. So, basically, after that game. All right. I don't know what I'm doing. All right. All right. So, Monday's game against uh, the Celtics versus Raptors, game five of the Eastern Conference semifinals. Let's go over that. So, basically, the Celtics had a suffocating defense on the Raptors to the defending champs and take a three games to two lead. Um, Let's see. So, basically, Jalen Brown had 27 points and uh, Jason Tatum had 18 points and uh, 10 rebounds, so a double-double night as the Celtics end closer to the Eastern Conference uh, Finals and are one win away at that point from moving on to the finals. Yeah. Or to the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah. And then Tuesday, Red Sox played two games doubleheader. Go over them. All right. So first game, Game Five, and they're both all seven inning games. All right. So scoring summary. So uh, Alex Verdugo in the top of the fifth. Or wait, hold on. All right. So in the bottom of the sixth, bottom of the second inning, Didi DeGorius, Remember him on the Yankees. So he's with the Phillies now. He homered his sixth of the year to make it one nothing Phillies lead. And then the top of the third, uh, Rafael Devers gets on the board for the Red Sox and ties it up one one with eighth home run of the year. And then uh, in the bottom of the third, a throwing error by Christian Vasquez scores uh, Bryce Harper to make it two to one Phillies lead. And then four to one Phillies lead with an Alex bomb single that scored Degorius and uh Phil got Phil Gosling. And then the top of the fifth, uh Alex Verdugo homers his sixth of the year to make it 4 to 2, Phillies still lead. Then 4 to 3, Phillies lead by one as Raphael Devers homers his ninth of the year to make it uh yeah, so yeah as I said. Then Bobby Darback gets on the board, his fourth homer of the year to tie it up 4-4. Four, four. So very good. Then Rafael Devers doubles to score Alex Verdugo, make it five to four, or five to four Red Sox lead. But then um, in the bottom of the seventh, Matt Barnes came in and he could not hold on the save, as the Phillies get win this game on an Alex Bomb single that scores uh JT Romuto and Didi Gregorius. Phillies win six to five. So not great. So they take game one of that ser- of that game. That double-header. Then game two. Better results. All right. So, let's see. So, uh, wild pitch. So, begin with the bottom of the first wild pitch by Chris Mazza. Scores uh, Reese Hopkins. Hoskins to make it a one nothing Phillies lead. And then another uh, run scores for the Phillies as uh, Didi DeGorius. Singles in the center field to score. Uh, JT Romuto make it two 0 Phillies lead. Then the top of the fifth, Sue Lin singles to score. Uh, JD or uh, JBJ make it two one. Phillies still lead. Then tied at two as the new guy Devi Gerlin, singles to score. Uh, the score the score JD or JBJ make it two two. And then Bobby Dalbact homers his fifth homer of the year four to two ball Red Sox lead as he scores uh, JD or JBJ. Yeah, so he's been on the runs, yeah. And then uh Bobby Dalback does it again with a single for that insurance run to uh, score uh, Xander Bogart's make it five to two Red Sox lead, and that's where the final score would stand. So awesome. Oh, look, and guess who we got off of former teammate, uh former uh teammate uh Heath Henry. Yeah. All right, so Wednesday, game six of the Eastern Conference semifinal between the Raptors and Celtics. Let's go over that. All right. Wednesday's game. All right, so not a great game from Kim Walker and the group as they kind of... Did not get it done against the Raptors, and the Raptors win in double overtime and force a Game Seven, 125 to 122. So not great. Marcus Smart had a really good night. He had a triple double, uh, 20 or 23 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists. That's the only real surprise spot of the night. Je- or uh, Kemba was not there, not there. As in, like he wasn't really helpful. In this game, still love to do, but still wasn't really helpful in this game. And uh, Kyle Lowry of the Raptors had like 33 points. Yeah. So, as I said, series tied or series tied 3 3 at that point and heading to a game seven on uh, Friday night. Then, Thursday, Red Sox took on the Rays in Tampa Bay, and the Red Sox ended up winning this game 4 3. Let's see, go over. All right, Rafael Devers homers in the top of the third inning, two-score Alex Verdugo make it 2-0 Red Sox lead. Then Hunter Renfro of the Rays homered to uh even the, or to uh it decrease the lead to one run as the Red Sox still led 2-1. Then in also in the bottom of the third, Brandon Lau homered his 11th of the year to tie it up 2-2. All right. Then the top of the fifth, Bobby Daubeck does it again. He homers his sixth of the year and gets the Red Sox back on top, three to two. Then the bomb Fifth Austin Meadows hits a ground rule double to score uh, Manuel Margot, used to be a Red Sox prospect until we trade him to San Diego, tied game three three. Then Rafael Devers singles into center field to score uh, Christian uh, Arroyo, yeah. So, yeah, so he's taking over for uh, Jose Peraza. We'll get into why he's doing that. And to make it 4-3 to three Red Sox win. Well, they don't win on that, but that's where the final score would stand. Is all I'm trying to say. And then Friday night, or last night, so the Red Sox played the Rays, and I got to tell you, this wasn't a great game for us. Yeah, Red Sox were just yeah demolished by the Rays offense. So let's begin in the top bomb of the second inning. Uh, Yoshi Tugashu homers to make it one nothing. Uh, Rays lead in the center field. Then Kevin Kiermeyer grounds grounds out to uh Xander Bogarts that uh, scores Joey Wendell, make it two to two to or two nothing Rays lead. Then Austin Meadows doubles in the bottom of the fourth inning to score uh, Nate Lowe and uh, Michael Perez make it four-nothing Rays lead. Then Brett, or Nate Lowe, Homers, his first of the year, make it five-nothing uh, Tampa Bay leads in the bottom of the sixth. Then the bottom of the seventh. Yoshi Togoshi singles to uh, score uh, to, or, uh G-Man Choi and or g Choi make it six to nothing Rays lead. Then Nate or uh, Nate Low homers is second of the game and second of the year to score. Kevin Kiermeyer and himself and you go and uh you uh to go or Yoshi to go to go to go show or something yeah and make it a nine nothing raise lead then ten nothing raise lead as a G Man Choi double to score uh, Joey Wendell then eleven and nothing raise lead as a uh, Kevin Kiermeyer grounds sharply out to uh, second baseman uh, Christian Arroyo. That scores Brandon Lau, make it 11-0. Uh, but the Red Sox did get a run on a Bobby Dalback double, his first of the year and first of his career. The score uh, JBJ, 11-1, Rays lead, and that's where the final score is, Sam. Rays win, 11-1. to 1. And right now we're watching the Red Sox uh, game, and they are up 5-4. to four. We won't go into that until next week's show. Can yeah. we go over? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, we forgot about game four of uh last week. Yeah. Oops. For the Celtics. So, basically, game four, we forgot about. Yeah, we were going to mention that. Whoops. We forgot about that. What are we doing? All right. So, to get into, so because we got to talk about game four first, I probably already mentioned that. I guess we didn't. All right, so basically, Celtics lost that game and uh, even up the series two games apiece. Um, basically, nothing good. Yeah, really not great effort from the Celtics that they lose that game one hundred to ninety three, and now going to Game Seven with a series tied of three games apiece. All right, all right, and the Celtics were really great until basically the especially in the first quarter. There was no show from Kemba again, and basically the Celtics could not make their freeze. But they started picking it up, and then in the fourth quarter was suffocating defense and a block play by Marcus Mark to save the game and rebounding by defensive rebounding by uh, Jason Tatum and uh, free throws made by Kemba Walker basically saved the game for the Celtics and eliminated the defending war- or defending world NBA World or World Champion Toronto Raptors as the final score was 92 to 87. Yeah. Jason Tatum had 22 29 points, 12 rebounds, so a double double night and seven assists. And Jalen or Jalen Brown had 21 points. And Jason or Marcus Smart saved the game, as I said, on a block shot of a uh, Nor Norm Powell. So pretty good. So they are now heading to the Eastern Conference Finals where they'll face the Miami Heat in on Tuesday. Time is still to be announced. All right. So, let's see. Thursday, or uh, not Thursday, Um. So yeah, we did Friday's today score. So uh basically Celtic football played against uh, Ross County for a Scottish Premier League uh matchup. And I say it, and it was a great day for Celtic. It was a great day to be a Celtic fan. As the Celtic and the Celtic, as Celtic beats Ross County um five to one. Let's go over the score. All right. Summary. All right. So to begin with, um, Edward Os- uh, had a goal, a penalty goal or penalty kick to make it 1-0 Celtic. And then uh, Yeti had a goal to make it 2-0 Celtic. Then the new guy, the Irishman, Shane Duffy, had a uh, goal to make it 3-0 Celtic. And then higher, the then higher had a goal for nothing and then um and then the polish or polish celtic had a uh, patrick uh Kilmala had a goal to make it 5 nothing and the insurance run the go ahead or go ahead uh goal make it a 5 nothing celtic win so very good so currently right now they are basically third in the standings against uh ranger and hibernian uh they have 13 points Four one and uh one or zero yeah, All right. So, let's see, and then Notre Dame played against uh. Let's see. All right, how much time we got? All right, we can finish this uh, segment up. All right, then Notre Dame played against uh Duke today, and wasn't really pressed to begin with at first, but they cleaned it up. And they won the game, uh, twenty-four to thirteen against a not too great Duke team, but they had a really good defense, and they were making the they were getting the plays they needed on offense too, a little bit too, to kind of make it a little interesting in the end. But in the end, Celtic won. Oh, well, actually, no, it was twenty or uh, twenty-seven to thirteen, Notre Dame. All right, scoring summary, play-by-play, scoring summary. All right. So as I said, Notre Dame did not get a first goal. Uh, our first down until the second quarter Uh Duke uh, got on the board first on a Charlie or a Charlie Ham uh, 29 field goal make it three nothing uh, Duke then Notre Dame finally got on the board as Kyron Williams run makes a one yard run into the end zone touchdown Irish capped off by a Jonathan door kick seven to three Notre Dame lead. But then uh, Charlie Hamm of uh, Duke makes a 30-yard field goal to make it 7-6, Nerdame Dame left for lead. And then before halftime or time expired, jo- Jonathan Doerr hit a 48-yard field goal to make it 10-6, Nerdame Dame led. And then the third quarter, Kyron Williams had a 30, 26-yard run to make it a 26-yard run into the end zone. Touchdown, Irish, capped out by a Jonathan Doerr kick, make it 17-6. to Nerdame led. But then Duke kind of started making it a little interesting. Chase Bryce, who was a uh, passed on uh Clemson and came to Duke, uh had a two-yard run that uh scored a touchdown for Duke. Charlie Ham capped it off of the kick, make it 17 to 13, Notre Dame still led. And thankfully, Nerdame got basically put it away in the fourth quarter on. Avery Davis, 17-yard pass from Ian Book, uh, that scored a touchdown for the for the Irish. Uh, Jonathan Doerr gets a kick, make it 24. The 13 Notre Dame led. and then Jonathan Dorr capped it off with 5:21 left with a 34-yard field goal, 27. The 13 Notre Dame, and that's where the final score would stand. So Notre Dame starts off the season today, 1 and 0 against the ACC play. And that's probably the only play they're going to be doing, except probably uh, next week's uh or next week's um game against uh South Florida. Yeah, that's the only non-ACC game that they're playing this year because now they have to join the conference because of uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic. All right, all right. So we'll come back and uh, add up the totals of this week' scores and stuff like that, and then kind of go over what the winning percentage was, and then go over news and then talk about uh new stuff about like a book league standings. Um, we'll talk also get back into uh, um, what I've been watching lately too and talk a little bit about nine 11 since the anniversary was yesterday, but still we want to put this into this week's show. All right. All right. We are back. Okay. So we added it up. They, uh, so Roy Reuters teams have won Uh, Have a record this week or since uh, last Saturday's games of 7-5 and and a win percentage of 583. All right, so pretty good. Yeah, pretty good week. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah, Red Sox game is over. But we won't go over it, but they lost, yeah. To the Rays. Go, go. Best team in baseball. Come on, get out of here. Now get out of here. Come on. All right. So news. Not a lot of news this week. All right, so Monday, uh, injury reports for this week before tomorrow's game against, or tomorrow's Patriots game against the Dolphins. Uh, linebacker Bo Allen and uh, running back, uh, well, now it's official now. Damian Harris have now been sent to the IR, or basically IR, injury reserve. And linebackers uh, Kesh Malala and running back uh, JJ Taylor have been summoned from the practice squad and haven't signed or called up yet. Tuesdays, Red Sox' Andrew Benatini got sent to the 45-day IL, which means his season's probably done, so he's not going to come back. And I wouldn't be surprised he did not have a good 2020. Um, Yeah, so like a buck-oh-three, so now we're great. So we probably didn't really need him, so I'm about ready to ship him out anyway. Yeah. All right, so Wednesday – Bruins coach uh Bruce Cassidy gets named uh Jack or NHL's Jack Adams Coach of the Year. Uh so very well deserved. He really managed that team really well this year. Yeah, so very well deserved. Way to get a reward. Or award, yeah. Award, yeah. A reward? I never got an award before. And I think this either happened Wednesday or Thursday, but it seems, and now this is getting back to uh Hohe or or Jose Peraza, it's now that he's now been sent to the alternative training site down in Pawtucket. So, which means his season's done. That's why they brought up Christian Arroyo to be second baseman. So that means either Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not really sure. It could have been this week. I just decided to just put it first. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Then Friday Patriots, uh, Patriots, uh, Cor- Patriots, uh. Patriots safety and defensive uh play or defensive uh player of the year got uh a, or Stephon Gilmore got a raise of five million dollars. He was making uh $10.5 million, but now they got added up. And he could be uh making 17 $17.5 uh, million if he meets its incentives. So very good. Well deserved, especially for Stefan Gilmore, who was basically lights out defensively. Uh, last year for the defense, the main kind of like catalyst of that defense for last year. So good way to get that guy. Way to get that guy raised. Great. Well-deserved. And then Saturday, another extension today. Um, Notre Dame football has given Brian Kelly an extension through 2024. So basically for four more years. So very good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's go win a national title. Let's do that. Let's get it done. In those four in those four years. Let's get it done. Yeah. So very good, Brian Kelly. Way to get extension. And then Nick Fold has been named to the Patriots team as the kicker. So very good. So way to get a kicker because I was kind of afraid what we were going to do without a kicker. Because they released them last week, around a week ago, last week on Saturday. I thought, don't we need a kicker? I don't, I don't know. But they brought him up. They brought him back, and he is now going to be the kicker for the New England Patriots, at least for Week One. Yeah, for which starts tomorrow. NFL football, Patriots football is back, and it's going to be a scary one without it. Tom Brady. I'm really sh- not really sure. This is the first time in almost twenty years that we have. Yeah, it's going to be a little weird. All right. So I've got back to watching a little bit of what i've been watching lately um so we watched another or the second episode of defending jacob and it's now kind of starting to look like people are now starting to figure out that it was jacob that committed the murder and now the authorities are now uh going after uh or now arrested or finally arrest them at the end of the episode and it's kind of looking like the parents – or like uh, Jacob's parents are now starting to uh, figure out that, yeah. Yeah, they're kind of starting to – yeah, their world's starting to come apart and stuff like that. And like, yeah, they're kind of, kind of starting to feel maybe our son might be the murderer too. But we just can't accept it. And there's a plot twist at the end of the episode too, but we won't get into it. Yeah. yeah. But there is, a pl- there is a plot twist. There is really a plot twist. You got to find out. it. Yeah. Then, yeah, we're adding two more shows. I think uh, we just got a uh, Hulu Max account. Wanted to do it because I kind of want to get back to watching South Park again. It's been kind of dull not watching South Park. It's just – it's there. It's just life just kind of stinks a little bit too. Yeah, not that comedy in there. Yeah. All right. Let's see. So go over book report. So it looks like we finished the book. We just finished a book on, uh believe, Wednesday or this week. It's called, uh, basically called the Boston Red Sox Killer Bees, Baseball's Best Outfield by Jim Prime and Bill Nolan. We'll go over it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, this book is about uh, the Red Sox outfield. Well, former Red Sox outfield pair of Mookie Betts, uh, Andrew Benatendi, and uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, basically, yeah. So, basically, how they're the best outfield in baseball. Um, they kind of get compared to like the 1970s uh, Red Sox outfield of Jim Rice, Fred Lynn, and Dwight Evans. And also, the book goes over the bios of uh, like the life stories and kind of like. Beginning like humble beginnings of guys like Andrew Benintendi, Jackie Bradley Jr., Mookie Betts, yeah, honorable men- and honorable mention Brock Hull. They kind of talk about him too. And end up wrapping up the book how why they're the greatest outfield at least of this generation, at least of this generation, maybe of all time. Yeah, yeah. I kind of also love it too how like us uh, seeing reading about these guys like Benny Mookie and JBJ, and JBJ, and how, like, these guys are around the same age as me, and they're already starting to make do great things in Boston, like winning a World Series and basically leading in offensive categories and stuff like that, so it's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. so basically, yeah, they're, like, all three of them are in the top five, as I was reading, in the top five in defensive ratings, provided by Sabre, or Sabre, yeah, as in, like, a statistic Uh, something. Yeah, we'll have to look it up. Yeah, and how like they all won gold gloves except Tenny. He still hasn't won one yet. You know he could have won one in twenty twenty or twenty eighteen if uh Luke Gore or uh, Alex Gordon did not uh get in the way of the, or out or Royals uh Alex Gordon didn't get in the way of that. Yeah, basically took that gold glove away. <laughs> yeah. So basically, yeah, so since, yeah, so basically so much, yeah. And then also kind of makes me feel a little sad too now. moogie has gone and probably JD or JBJ is going to leave a free agency and we're probably going to trade Andrew Benatendi. I'm already starting to lose hope on Andrew Benatendi, stuff like that. Like kind of starting to feel like, yeah, it might be time for him to go too. But it is an interesting book and I recommend it to anybody who is a Red Sox fan and um, or a fan of this podcast to kind of read it. It's called... Uh, the Boston Red Sox Killer Bees, Baseball's Best Outfield by Jim Prime and Bill Nolan. So go look it up on Amazon and stuff like that. So, yeah. All right. So, what do we, yeah. Uh, um, so, this week happens to be 9 uh, 11, or uh, last night was uh, the begin, or last night was the, or yesterday was the anniversary of 9 11. And I can still remember coming home from uh, school and uh, those because they didn't even tell us like at school because they probably would worry. And like we didn't find out until after we got home from school that, yeah, somebody hit the tw- World Trade Centers. So, yeah. And I can still remember that that day. Like and also going to like uh trying to get our stuff because I was in Boy Scouts and I was trying and we were going to get our stuff to start the new calendar year and. Then find out, oh yeah, we canceled because of what's happened in 9/11. And then you start to realize this is for real. If they're already shutting down a uh, Boy Scout uh, a or a Boy Scout like a uh, Gear Day or like a uh, gear or a uh, Qu- equipment day or something like that, or yeah, Gear Day or stuff like that, then so, you know that this is a huge deal. Yeah, yeah. Then we thought, oh man, we could be going to war. I mean, when I went to school the next day, I thought, oh, my, like, when I went into the classroom, I saw a group of my classmates just all huddled together and, like, just, like, in a mob kind of form. Like, they, oh, man, they really want justice. Like, yeah, they kind of want, yeah, they're about ready to like, I never saw, I mean, this is kind of, like, reminiscent of, like, the days of, like, this was kind of like our Pearl Harbor. This was kind of like our Pearl Harbor. And I salute, I also salute those guys, or salute the firefighters, police officers, and merchant personnel people that went into that tower, rushed in there, and some of them off, ultimately die from like save, people to, or saving people to get them out and stuff like that. Yeah. And if you don't know what 9 11 is, it's when the terrorists or um, terrorists led by Al Qaeda hijacked planes. Flew them into the World Trade Centers. I think they flew one into the Pentagon too. They were gonna fly one into the White House, but thankfully, a group of uh, Arab- the passengers on board Flight 93 decided to revolt and then crashed the plane into Pennsylvania countryside. And that's yeah, basically saved the yeah wa- yeah saved Washington and stuff like that. So yeah, and that's where that led to the the war in afghanistan and possibly the war in iraq eventually. So yeah. yeah I do see a few of a, or a few listeners who were like kind of like young, too young to remember 9/11 and stuff like that. So yeah, I see a few and some are old enough to remember 9/11. Yeah. That was kind of a not too great day. But we do remember and you know what? The terror al-Qaeda did not do enough damage to the point where it's now Dictating our lives. Now we are living in fear because you know what? We are not living in fear anymore, especially because of that. We are living our lives as free Americans and stuff like that. Whoa, well, now because of COVID. Yeah, but still, that's yeah, Yeah, but still, they didn't really. We still play sports games or we still play games and sports. Like nothing really happens, business as usual. And that's kind of the real victory of it. You know what? They might have attacked us and maybe made us fear for like a few days or a few years but you know what they did not break our spirits they did not break our will yeah yeah and that's why i remember 9 11 19 years later almost 20 years next year yeah all right anything else we're done. I think this is a short episode today, tonight. All right, getting ready for Patriots football next or uh, tomorrow. Yeah. All right. So, we're going to wrap up the show with the uh, Alan Jackson's Where Were You? Where the World Stop turning. I know it's kind of a little corny, but because of 9 11, we're going to end the show on that. All right. So, thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> thank you for giving this opportunity to share and keep doing what I love. Subscribe, and review on Apple iTunes. Give us a five-star review if you can. Follow the show on Twitter at uh, Podcast Royal. And then follow my personal Twitter page at Dog underscore 92. We will have those in the details of the episode. Then follow the show on Instagram at Royal Rooters Royal 1992. And then follow the Reddit page. Then follow the show on Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Wherever you get your podcast. Wherever we you get your podcast from, doesn't matter to us. All right. So, yeah, it's birthday next week. I don't know we're going to do an episode, but we might try to do an episode. We'll see. Yeah. It's Tom O'Shea's birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Tommy. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. See you guys next week. Manana.
1: Where were you when the world stopped turning on that September day? Were you in the yard with your wife and children working on some stage in LA? Did you stand there in shock at the sight of that black smoke rising against that blue sky? Did you shout out in anger and fear for your neighbor, or did you just sit down and cry? Did you weep for the children who lost their dear loved ones, pray for the ones who don't know? Did you rejoice for the people who walked from the rubble, and sob for the ones left below? Did you burst out with pride for the red, white, and blue, and the heroes who died just doing what they do? Did you look up to heaven for some kind of answer and look at yourself? and what really matters i'm just a singer of simple songs i'm not a real political man i watch cnn but i'm not sure i can tell you the difference in iraq and i but i know jesus and i talk to god and i remember this from when i was young Faith, hope, and love are some good things He gave us, and the greatest is love. Where were you when the world stopped turning on that September day? Teaching a class full of innocent children, or driving down some cold interstate did you feel guilty cause you're surviving in a crowded room did you feel alone did you call up your mother and tell her did you dust off that bible Lord? did you open your eyes hope it never happened close your eyes and not go to sleep did you notice the sunset first time in ages to speak to some stranger on the street Did you lay down at night think of tomorrow Go out and buy you a gun? Did you turn off that violent old movie you're watching And turn on I Love Blue series? runs? Did you go to a church and hold hands with some strangers Stand in line and give your own blood? Did you just stay home and cling tight to your family? Thank God you had somebody to love. I'm just a singer of simple songs. I'm not a real political man. I watch CNN, but I'm not sure I can tell you the difference in our rock and ran. But I know Jesus and I talk to God, and I remember this from when I was young. Faith, hope, and love are some good things He gave us, and the greatest is love. I'm just a singer of simple songs, I'm not a real political man. I watch CNN, but I'm not sure I can tell you. Difference in our rock and our ring But I know Jesus and I talk to God And I remember this from when I was young Faith, hope, and love are some good things He gave us And the greatest is love And the greatest is love And the greatest is love, and the greatest is love. were you when the world stopped turning on that September day? You're still here?
0: It's over. Go home. Please go home, I'm eating an apple.
1: Go.